Uh, let's welcome our online audience. Hello, everybody. Let's give it up for everybody watching online. We're so glad you're here, and uh, welcome to Mercy Road virtually, and uh, I'm glad you're with us. So this morning, we're going to jump in and uh, continue this Rooted series, right? If you're in uh, the class, uh, the midweek class, I hope you're enjoying it as you're jumping into the Rooted class, or if your outpost is going through the, the book and uh, will be uh, journeying along with us, uh, we hope you're enjoying it and are going to learn a lot. And it's just kind of helping us set our roots down and the basics of what it means to follow Jesus. And so this week, the sermon is entitled, uh, How Does God Speak to Us? And uh, so we're basically talking about prayer. And I know that's just, you know, everybody just loves sermons on prayer, right? Because we, we all pray so much. And um, that was sarcastic. And, uh, and so we're going to talk about prayer. But before we really get into like, how does God speak to us? Because I know we, we could start there. But what I don't want us to do is get caught up on the nuts and bolts of how God speaks to us or how we pray and, and miss probably the, the, the more foundational, maybe more important reason before we talk about how is to talk about why. Like, why does God speak to us? Because I think if we can really get our hearts and our minds around the why, everything else will become a lot more natural and a lot more enjoyable, okay? So here's a question for you. We started like this. How many of you are old enough to remember using a rotary phone when you called somebody from your house? Anyone? Right, okay. For some of you youngins, right, we, uh, there was a time when people had home phones, okay? When you had a phone that was attached to a wall, Okay. I know, you're like, come on, that's crazy. No, it's not, right? There was a phone attached to a wall, and the way you called people is you actually, there was this thing that spun. So you would like put your finger in the seven, right? And it'd go, ding, right? And so, like, think about it. When you used to call somebody, first and foremost, you knew their phone number, right? Be honest, you don't know any of your friend's phone numbers at all, right? They are a picture on your phone that you push their button and you have no idea, right? Most of you don't know what your husband's wife's or dad's mom, you don't even know any of your family's phone numbers, right? They're just on your favorites list and you push a button. But back in the day when you were gonna call somebody, you had to get, you know, dedicate a good minute to just calling them, right? Right? You know, or even once they, you know, you got to like a push button thing, you had to like push every number in and then you'd wait, you know. And the crazy part was right before that, you didn't have caller ID. Remember when we didn't have caller ID, right? So when the phone rang, who knows who it is, right? Could be my mom, could be the president, I don't know, right? So there's this excitement of like, I'm gonna answer the phone and who's not gonna know who it is, right? And then, do you remember the moments when you were in like junior high or high school or dating, whatever, you know what I mean, wherever you were, and you were calling that guy or the girl you had a kind of a crush on, but you had to call their house, which means their mom and or dad could answer, right? And you were real cool at school, like spitting game, you know what I mean, hey, I'm gonna call you tonight right? And you felt really confident about it, right? And so then you had your whole speech, you know what I mean? How your, what your opening line was going to be. And you call the girl, right? And you're like, all right, pumped up. Here we go. You're waiting, waiting. And then the phone answers and you're getting ready to just deliver that line that you've been working on, right? And it's like, and you're waiting to hear that little sweet voice of, hello, this is Stacy, right? But all of a sudden it's like, Oh, right, and it's her dad. <laughs> and you're freaked out. You're like, uh, uh, I, uh, 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 Mr. Smith, uh, this is Darren, all right? Well, who are you? Why are you calling my daughter, right? It was a terrible moment, right? You had this risk that who was going to answer? You didn't know what was going to happen, right? Now, it doesn't work like that. We have our phone. We don't know people's numbers. We just push buttons. And we have the beautiful thing of caller ID, Right? And let's just have a moment of confession together. We don't answer our phones, do we? <laughs> right? 
We have the most technologically advanced thing anyone has ever seen in the palm of our hand. We don't use it to talk to people, right? If someone called, let's be honest, just be honest. If you get a phone call on your phone and you don't know the number, you ain't answering, are you? Nope, not answering. If you get a phone call from someone in your contacts that you don't want to speak to, you ain't answering, right? Nope, send it straight to voicemail, right? If you get a call from somebody that you, you, you know that you owe them something or you know why they're calling, right? You can even get a phone call from one of your best friends or a good friend, but you don't know why they're calling you, not answering, right? Leave them a voicemail, maybe they'll send me a text, right? We don't answer our phones. Why does that matter in a sermon about prayer, right? Because here's the deal. Prayer is communication. Prayer is communication, and communication is a pathway to intimacy in relationships. You remove communication from a relationship, and it will disintegrate. Develop and establish and foster deep communication in a relationship, and it will be rich and vibrant and intimate. So, Prayer is communication, and let's just be honest. Some of you, God's not in your contacts, and so he calls all the time. Don't know this number. Ignore, right? Some of you, God's in your contacts, and he calls every day, but you don't know why he's calling. I'm not at church. Maybe he saw what I did last weekend. Maybe he's going to bless me. Ah, it's too risky. Ignore, right? Some of you, God's called, and, 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 and he's left quite a few voicemails for you, and you know what they're about. And you're just like, you know, I'm not really doing much about what he's already said to me, so I'll just go ahead and let that go to voicemail as well, Right? Prayer is communication. But the thing about us is in our society, if you want to know one of the reasons we have relationship problems, because we have horrible communication skills in our, in our society now, right? We don't answer our phones. And, and, and what would happen, right, when you had to call someone and have a conversation on the phone with them prior to asking them a question is relationship would develop, right? So you're calling your friend to ask them if they can help you move on Saturday, Right? So you call them, and you're just, there's going to be a little, you know, small talk. Hey, Bill, what's up, Darren? What you doing, man? Great. Well, well, oh, I didn't know you guys were going to go. Oh, that's cool. So, oh, your mom's sick. Oh, man, do we can praying for her. Yeah, well, well, hey, tell her I said, hey, blah, blah, blah. Right. You're going to have some relational chit-chat, catch-up, and then you're going to get to the point of your call, which is, hey, dude, can I borrow your truck on Saturday, right? And then they're going to have a conversation and say yes or no, right? Now, now, we skip all of that because we're not looking to communicate with someone and grow an intimate relationship. We're skipping the pathway to intimacy and just wanting information, right? Send a text. Hey, dude, can I borrow your truck on Saturday? Question mark. Emoji, right? And we sit and wait for our friend to text us back to see if he texts us back. No, dude, busy. Or, yeah, that's cool, man. What time? Right? We just trade information and completely skip a pathway to intimacy. 
And so as we talk about prayer this morning, the, the, the reality is it's foolish for us to think that, that the way we treat relationships on earth don't also affect the way we treat our relationship vertically with God. So God is trying to every day and in every way ways speak to us daily. He would love to just jump on the phone and just exchange some what's going on in life stuff with us. But most of the times, we're just saying, you know what, God, if we could skip all the, you know, the intimate relational part, if you could just text me some information, that'd be great. Like, should I take the job? Just text me yes or no, right? Should I marry this guy? Just text me yes or no. Should I dump this chump, right? Just text me yes or no. Ah, the relationship makes me nervous, God. Just, just give me the information I'm at. God desires and has designed us for a communication-rich, intimate relationship, and we're just asking him to text us the information. See, prayer is communication. So let's talk about communication, right? There's five basic elements of communication. Here are the five basic elements of communication. The sender, receiver, the message, the channel, and feedback. Okay? So if you're going to engage in effective communication, there's going to be a sender and a receiver. There's going to be a message, a channel in which, in which that message is, is transmitted, and there's going to be feedback to that message. So let's jump in and unpack this and see if we can't discover a little bit about how we get rooted in prayer. Make sense? Jesus, help us as we just jump into this. Uh, speak to us. Communicate uh, to us. Thank you for being present here today, and uh, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's the sender. That's where it starts, right? The sender. The sender is, uh, plays the specific role of initiating communication. To communicate effectively, the sender must effectively ver- use effective verbal as well as nonverbal techniques. Speaking or writing clearly, organizing your points to make them easy to follow or understand, maintaining eye contact, using proper grammar, and giving accurate information are all essential in the effectiveness of your message. You will lose your audience if it becomes aware, if they become aware of obvious oversights on your part. The sender should have some understanding of who the receiver is in order to modify the message to make it more relevant. If God is the sender, it, it, it's probably safe to th- say that he has some understanding of who the receiver is, isn't it, right? God made us, he sustains our life, like, he gets it, right? And he initiates the communication, God initiates the communication with you. That's that's something that I want you to let sit in, okay? That God, the God that created you and runs the universe, is initiating communication with you. He has designed you and desires to communicate and guide you in your life. Why? Because he loves you. And it's the way we were designed. Except we've been rejecting this since sin entered the equation. In Genesis chapter 3, it says this. It says, When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. Okay? We can presuppose from that scripture that what happened for, we're not sure how long Adam and Eve lived in the garden before they ate the fruit and, 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 and sin entered the equation, right? But they had an intimate relationship with God where he would walk in the cool of the breeze and they would walk and talk and communicate with God. It was a regular thing they did. But in this case, what happens is sin has now entered the equation. This is what it says, right? The Lord was walking about in the garden, so they hid 
from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord God called them and said, Why, where are you? And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid. Since that moment in time, God is continually sending communication to us, and we miss it because we're afraid. We were designed and rooted as his creation to communicate with him, and he initiates that communication, okay? So, but, but, but it's important, right? We're talked about that it's important that the, the, the sender understand and make sure that, that things are, are easy to understand. So what happened, right, is in Jesus, the sender of communication became the sent one. The sender became the sent one. This is what John says in John chapter one. He says, the word was first, the word present to God, God present to the word. The word was God in readiness for, for God from day one. Everything was created through him. Nothing, not one thing came into the being without him. What, be, what came into existence was life, and the life was light to live by. The life light blazed out of the darkness, and the darkness couldn't put it out. John says the word was first, the word present to God. God was present to the word. The word was God. He's using this word, word, right? He's using the word, word, to talk about Jesus. Jesus is the word of God. To the Old Testament audience, right, the word, word, there, for them, would make, they would have understood that that meant the vehicle through which God's will was delivered. When they talked about the word of God, it was the vehicle for which God delivered his will to the world, right? He created the world by his word, right? He spoke it into being. The New Testament, or the Greek audience, when they would have heard that word, word, used, what they would have thought is it was the bridge between God and man by which he communicated with them. That's what they heard when that word was used. So it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that if God is the sender and he's establishing communication, isn't it interesting that he chose to call himself the word, right? It kind of tips his hand a little bit like, hey, we're going to be communicating together because my name is word, right? Like I am the divine mind trying to communicate my will and my plan to you, okay? But it goes on and, and, and speaks about more about it in, in uh, verse 14 of John chapter 1. It says, the word, talking about Jesus, became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, listen to this, full of grace and truth. We're gonna come back to that here in a few minutes. Full of grace and truth. It continues talking about him. It says this in verse 16 through 18. Out of his, out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, listen to this again, Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and in his closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Jesus is the sender. He was the sender that became the sent one to come into our life to show us exactly who God is and what his heart is and how he lives and how he loves and how he forgives. And his life, his communication was full of grace and truth. Say grace and truth. truth. All right, it's locked in here, okay? So we have the sender. Now we have the receiver. The receiver, right? The receiver means the party to which the sender transmits their message. A receiver can be one person or an entire audience. In the basic communication model, the receiver is directly across from the speaker. The receiver can also communicate verbally and non-verbally. The best way to receive a message is to listen carefully, sitting up straight and making eye contact. Don't get distracted or try to do something else while you're listening. Nodding and smiling 
as you listen to the sender speak, demonstrates that you understand the message, right? We have to understand this, this concept because I think we miss it. So often I think we think prayer is us just speaking at God. But would you at least think about this, maybe believe this today, that a major part of prayer is us actually being a receiver in sitting and listening for what God might be wanting to say to us. And let's be honest about it, okay? Let's just be honest. It says there, don't get distracted or try to do something else while you're listening. We are terrible at this, aren't we? Life is going a million miles an hour. You're listening to music. You're watching stuff. You're doing six things at one time. How many of you guys talk to people on the phone while you're looking at Facebook on your phone or on a, on a computer? I do. Or is it just me? I'm just a terrible human being, right? I've done it, right? I'm talking to someone, and I find myself at my desk, and I'm talking, but I'm like kind of, you know, I get distracted, and then I start, you know, just looking through Facebook. So they're talking to me while I'm looking at Facebook, half listening to what they're saying and going, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, right. And then I have no idea what they were talking about, okay? If we're honest about it, guys, most of us do not have any regular rhythm or structure in our life given to sitting undistracted and listening to God, right? We just don't. And then we get frustrated. I just don't understand prayer. I don't feel like I can hear from God. Are you listening? Well, I mean, I drive to work, and I'm, you know, got the smiley show on, and then I pray, and then I think, and then I drive and talk, and then I get distracted, and then I honk the horn, and I'm like, was that you, Lord? Right? For us to sit and stop and listen, like a couple years ago, I was preaching at, when I used to work at East 91st Street. It was a wackadoo whole thing, but for some reason, I felt like God told me to read a passage of Scripture and lay down on the stage. It was the wackiest thing I've ever done in my life. I literally read a passage from, I think, like Zechariah or Ezekiel, something about how God's people weren't listening to his voice. And I laid down in the middle of the stage, and I laid there for a half hour. It was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but I still today have people come up to me and say, in four years when you were at that church, you know what your greatest sermon was? And they'll say, the one where you laid down didn't say anything. <laughs> but the reason I think people say that is because for maybe once in their life, people sat undistracted for 30 minutes and listened for the voice. My friend Matt Tevy says this, and it's, it's changed the way I think about my day. If we're the receiver, let's ask two simple questions. Is when and where does God speak to us? And he says it like this. We must start at, 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 at a paradigmatic level, right? At our paradigm, our lens in which we see the world, our foundation is this. Is God is speaking to us every day, in everyday places, in everyday ways. Do you believe that God desires to speak to you every day, in everyday places, in everyday ways? Because he will. 
If you don't believe that, here's what you'll think. God only speaks to me in holy places at holy times around holy things. And so the only time God can speak to you is in the, the 60 minutes you sit in this room. I'm in a holy place and we're singing songs and somebody's preaching and that's how God speaks to me. No, here's the deal. God desires to speak to you, to nudge you, to guide and direct your life every single day in everyday ways and in everyday spaces, meaning walking down the street, at work, in your car, in the shower, right? Wherever it is, God wants to guide and direct your life. But if you don't start with that being the foundational thought of how this communication relationship is gonna go, you're not going to be ever in a posture of, are you speaking? Because the answer then is, yes, God, today I believe you are speaking. Help me to be attentive enough to hear your voice and undistracted enough to listen. We are the receiver. Let's keep moving. Then there's the message. The message must be maybe the most critical element in effective communication. A message can come in many different forms, such as an oral presentation, a written document, or an advertisement, uh, or just a comment. In the basic communication model, the way from one point to another represents <clears throat> the sender's message traveling to the receiver. This is interesting. Listen to this. The message isn't necessarily what the sender intends it to be. Rather, the message is what the receiver perceives the message to be. As a result, the sender must not only compose the message carefully, but also evaluate the ways in which the message can be interpreted. Let me read this again. The message isn't necessarily what the sender intends it to be. Rather, the message is what the receiver perceives the message to be. We have seen this explode in our faces, all of us that are married, right? Or have any kind of relationship that's lasted some, quite some time, right? Is that we have a message that came out of our mouth that was filled, like, because words are containers, friends, okay? So you have a word that you fill with meaning, and then you hand it to someone, and you think that the, that the, the same things that you filled that word with are what they're gonna unpack and listen to, right? But they have filled that same word with completely different messages, right? This happens to God all the time. It blows up in our earthly relationships and it blows up in our relationship with God. Because here's the difference. Perception is reality, right? Perception is reality. And what, 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 what God says, his message is, we just read it, right? That, that, that the word was God, right? And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And it says that the message, which was Jesus, he came full of what? Grace and truth. So the message, the message, the word is grace and truth, always. The foundational communicative posture that God brings to your life is always 100% grace and truth. Whatever he is communicating to you is coming through a filter of grace and truth. That is the message. Here is what we most often perceive, and here is how we distort it. Most often, we believe the message coming from God is brought through a filter of disappointment and judgment. Like, just go with me for a minute. Imagine your phone rings right now, and you look at it, and it says, God. And you're about to answer it. What emotion do you have inside of you right now? Maybe it's joy. My guess for every single one of this is fear. Why is God calling me right now? Goodness gracious. It's God. God is calling. God is on the phone. 
what did he see me do last week? Does, he has access to my mind, so he knows I wanted my boss to die last week. I know, that's, <laughs> that's it. He's calling about the death threats I thought about. He's like, that's it. The thought is that, that God is calling, and, and the message he's going to bring, his posture, his attitude, is going to be judgment and disappointment. And I don't know about you guys, but if I knew that somebody was calling me, hey, uh, I'm going to call you at about 3 tomorrow and uh, going to bring some pretty strong disappointment and judgment your way, right? <laughs> Ignore, right? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Listen to this, right? And John, John, John goes further in, in 16 through 18. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one need to be destroyed. Grace. But by believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. Truth. Listen to this. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was, he came to help to put the world right again. The whole message from the sender who initiates it to us, the receiver, the entire message is grace and truth. And so if you're at a place right now where you think God is going to try to communicate to you and you're scared because you're afraid it's going to be condemnation or it's going to be judgment or it's going to be disappointment, he does not communicate like that to us. He is always full of grace and truth. So instead of shrieking back and being scared about what he might be saying, we can go and go step with confidence into the presence of God and say, God, what is the message of grace and truth I need to hear today? I'm ready to listen. The channel, the channel, right? That's the channel for which the message communicates and travels through. And this is how God speaks to us, right? Here are the ways that God speaks to us. Here's the channel from which he speaks to us. First one is creation. God speaks to us through creation. Listen to this. God's glory is on tour in the skies. God crafted an exhibit across the horizon. Madam Day holds classes every morning and Professor Knight lectures each evening. Their words aren't heard, their voices aren't recorded, but their silence fills the earth. Unspoken truth is spoken everywhere. You see, creation speaks to us about who God is. When you go and you see the Swiss Alps or the Grand Canyon or the beauty of a flower or maybe a cornfield, right? Uh, If you see what God has made and he spoke the world into being, what do we know about his heart and his love by just looking at creation. He speaks to us through creation. The most dependable way God speaks to us is through the written word of God or the Bible, okay? The Bible says this. There's nothing like the written word of God for showing you the way to salvation through faith in Christ. Every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way. Through the word, we are put together and shaped up for the tasks God has for us. Here's here's the deal, friends. If you want to know what God is saying, 
your first step is to know what he has already said. Because God's message to you will never contradict something he's already said. Okay? That's like if, if, if somebody ever comes up to me and says, I think, I think I was praying the other day and the Lord told me to cheat on my husband. I can guarantee you 1,000% that God's never going to tell you that. How do I know that God is not saying that to you? Because I know because it's what he's already said. Right? So if you want to get to know what God is saying, the greatest strategy can be to get into the word of God to begin to understand what he has already said and understand this message of grace and truth. The creation, through the word of God, through the Holy Spirit. The word of God tells us this, the Holy Spirit, in John, John chapter 14, Jesus says, the friend, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send at my request, will make everything plain to you. He will remind you of all the things I have told you. As the Holy Spirit indwells us, God teaches us and speaks to us through the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. And we develop that sensitivity and ability to hear him. He also speaks to us through other believers. That's why we want to be in community with each other, where, where, where friends can, can, can get into a moment with us and observe something in our life. We can reflect upon it and discuss it together and be able to kind of figure out through wisdom and through the Holy Spirit and through the word and through our, our, our relationships, what is God saying to me in this moment, okay? We need other Christians to help us decipher that. Through other believers, through circumstances, God speaks to us. And sometimes he'll even speak to us through the miraculous or the mystical, meaning through a supernatural vision or a dream. He can speak to us that way as well. Those are the hows that God speaks to us because he's speaking to us every day in everyday places in everyday ways. Now, if that's the way God speaks to us and that's why God speaks to us, why in the world does it seem so difficult to hear him? And it came to me this week. I think it's the last element of, of, of the communication foundations that we're, we've got backwards. Because see, the last one is this, feedback. Feedback is the last element of effective communication. Feedback describes the receiver's response or reaction to the sender's message. The receiver can transmit feedback through asking questions, making comments, or just supporting the message that was delivered. Feedback helps the sender to determine how the receiver interpreted the message and how it can be improved. Here's the deal, guys. Here's why I think it's happening to us. The reason it's so hard to hear God is instead of, of actually giving God feedback to the message he's sending us, we are actually creating feedback in our posture to him. Let me explain. Feedback in audio, right? You, you, you heard it this morning a little bit. When, when one of the singers was singing, there started to be that little squeal, right? Like this is, if I get close to the speaker, you hear how the, it's getting kind of wacky? Hear that? Yeah. Hey. That's feedback, okay? The way I produce that is I speak into this microphone, and it comes out of this speaker. And when it's working correctly, I'm speaking grace and truth to you. It's coming through this speaker. You're receiving the message and are able to give feedback to me by going, yes, I hear it, right? Or more feedback by applying the message of grace and truth you hear. But here's what happens in audio feedback. My message goes through this microphone and it comes out of the speaker. But before it gets to you, it loops back around into this microphone and it creates an audio loop in a shrieking sound that's terrible to hear, right? Everybody's universal reaction to audio feedback is this. 
right? That's it. That's what we do. You hear feedback and you go, make it stop, make it stop. Oh, really? Oh, make it stop, make it stop. A guaranteed way to have feedback is by instead of being behind a speaker to allow the message to go out, it's turning the speaker around towards the sender. Here's what I think we've done in life. We're so afraid of what God's message is to us that he's speaking to us, being sent out through the message, right, being sent out through Jesus. We're so afraid of what it is, we've turned the speaker around back at God's face. And so when we try to listen to God's voice, instead of hearing a message of grace and truth, all we hear is the shriek of feedback, and we go, ah, make it stop, ah, make it stop. So instead of the sweet, still sweet sound of God's voice, all we hear is a shriek. But if you were to believe with me today, God desires to speak to me today, and the message will be one of grace and truth. Do you think we could have the courage to maybe turn the speaker back around and say, God, I'm here to listen. And friends, I'm going to tell you something. Living a life in the freedom of great communication with your father is a trillion times better than living in the fear of feedback. So, now what? Well, I don't know where you are this morning. Some of you came here today, and um, what, what I'd like you to do is just consider this. You have to believe it today. This week, I'd just like you to think about this. Is it possible that God wants to speak to me every day, in everyday places, in everyday ways? Just think about that this week. For some of you, um, I wonder if, if maybe it's time for you to start finding and making time to just listen to God, undistracted, maybe reading the word of God regularly, if you want to know what God's saying about your life, you might want to know what he's already said, okay? So maybe that's something for somebody to apply today. For some of you that are here, right, you've got a long list of voicemails that you're ignoring. And it's time you start listening to them and applying them to your life. And you know it. And when you do, you'll find greater freedom, not the fear of feedback. And for some folks today, Maybe, um, maybe it's time to turn the speaker around and, and begin a relationship where your life is guided by the voice of God. And I can guarantee you this this morning. The first message you will hear will be a message of grace and truth. Jesus, thanks for this time that we have with you. It's great to focus for this time, we thank you that um, prayer is more than just texting you and getting information. Thank you that it actually 
can be communication with the living God. Thanks to the fact that we don't worship a statue or, or, or something made of stone or wood, or clay, but you are living and active. And you desire to guide and direct us. So God, I just pray that you would um, give us the courage to turn our posture towards you and to be willing to believe that you are full of grace and truth. And that is the posture of which your message is coming to us. And if there's somebody here today, God, that uh, they're here because they wanted to just see if maybe God was real. Lord Jesus, I pray that in the depth of their soul that they would sense your love. That they would hear your voice. They would sense and understand their message of grace and truth for their life. 